This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week, back to a full set, full complement, Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Morning, Eric. Very well, thanks. Hi, good, thanks. Well, Jim, what, what, what is has happened? Is it of doom right away there, Sean? Well, Jim. The som- the, the, I know, the, ominous. The sombrero that does not get spoken about ever again, eh? I'll tell you what. Even, <laughs> even in the ups and downs with Dundee United, this one's taken me by surprise. Just how... I was going to say how big the 180 has been. A 180 is always a 180, but you know what I mean? Just how dramatic. Not a 360, no. <laughs> no, no, I stop it. Stop it. So, <laughs> how, how dramatic this is! This has all been with Dundee United recently. It's, you know, from the high, the, I was going to say the highest highs. I mean, it was ridiculous, you know, that it was a brilliant performance, a brilliant result, but, you know, the, the the selling canvases after one leg of a two-legged contest and you know in in the in the context of Dundee United's history and all the rest of it but anyway we'll, we'll not get into that but they fell it, it all collapsed spectacularly out in the Netherlands and it wasn't very pretty in Edinburgh either so so many issues to pour over Jim, Jim I, have you been shocked just how it's just how things have unraveled over the la- over the last couple of weeks well, having kind of spent, you know, much like yourselves, having spent a kind of a great many years, because of didn't have been a codger, uh, more years than you boys up in gantries and press boxes and all the rest of it. You, you think you pretty much seen, uh, think you've seen it all, but I have to say, I didn't expect. Um, United to go to Alkmaar and, and, and ship seven and in the manner that they did. So in that respect, yes, I mean, shock, kind of shock horror, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really didn't expect uh, that. Um and I mean, if, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm sitting read, reading, the, you know, the, the piece today in the Courier where Jack's, uh, Jack Ross has been talking about Mark uh, Berigiti's mentality. Um, and I mean, look, I agree with him. You know, he says that you know footballers are, you know, half a percentage of the population. Very few get there. But are folk focusing too much on him, Jim? Well, no. I mean, look, I, I, you know what? I went and watched the, the the replay again last night, and I sat down this morning with a coffee and watched it again. And uh, he, he makes a couple of errors, but there is no way. Uh, that, that all seven goals are down to goalie. Nothing like it. I mean, you know, he, he palms one away, you know, the, the, the shot that comes across the goalie palms away to the right and, and he, he, he arguably should have held it. Or, I mean, I'm a great believer that if you parry a punch, you get distance on it. I'm no, I'm no big on this thing about catching balls, you know. Um, as long as you clear the danger, but that, that's that's the key word, clear the danger. I mean, I thought he was left exposed with the shot. Uh, he didn't deal with it well. There were a couple of things he didn't deal with well, but I mean, yeah, I certainly wouldn't lay uh, all seven goals or anything like it at, at, at the, you know, at the, the feet of the goalkeeper, that was that would be grossly uh, unfair. So he, he's had a he's had a tough time, you know, in terms of the goals he's conceded very early on. But he's he's, he's not a kid, he, he, you know, he's he's not a young goalkeeper. I mean, he's got plenty of experience, and I certainly wouldn't be um, getting kind of cocky on. He's come from Australian football. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I watch a, uh, uh, you know a bit of Aussie football, lots of us on on telly, and I, I think the standards very decent indeed. He comes with a, bit, a big reputation. He's played lots of games, um, so. You know, there's no way that you, I think you make him the whipping boy. He certainly he, he could have improved, but he'll not be the first goalkeeper. He'll not be the last to ship seven in a game. Um, however, um, how he responds between that 
and and then you know being you know behind um, a, a four goal defeat at Tynecastle the weekend that that's a big thing um, and we'll get an indication obviously the weekend weekend against St Mirren so yeah I mean I think it would be grossly unfair to um, uh, you know it's a squad game it's not even just an eleven man game anymore it's a squad game so it'd be grossly unfair to uh, simply have a pop at the goalie but uh, there are undoubtedly things that he will have to improve on yeah well well Jim's taking us to the goalkeeping situation I think we'll we'll start at the back and move forward with United Sean seeing as seeing as we're there I mean it, I am a bit disconcerted with I mean isn't there isn't a body of evidence yet but. And I'm I'm not one to, I'm not one to get into the realms of uh, technicalities for goalkeeping because it, it really is a specialised subject. But he does seem to he does seem to be fond of palming the ball back into the middle of a goal rather than out sideways. You know that seems to be a wee bit of a recurring theme, which would which would which would worry me. And those who have I've not I've not been up up close to him. I've not I've not even been at a game watching him. So again, I'm seeing him on the telly, but I'm going by people who have. He isn't a he isn't a commanding figure. He's not, you know, I think people I've spoken to people that have spoken to him and been close to him. And they say, you know, he has more of a physique of an outfield player than he does of a goalkeeper. And these 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 things, that that is a that is a big thing for a goalkeeper, isn't it? Particularly particularly in a in, in Scotland, it is. Uh, I mean, probably uh, like everything in football, the, the physiques of goalkeepers are changing as well. Yeah, and, they are. Uh, hist- historically, you can you can look back and say that you know more times than than not, the goalie was was probably going to be the tallest guy in the team. But mm-hmm. there there were notable exceptions to that all the way through in Scottish football and a, a few a few um, our clubs, if you like, Alan Main being a notable one yeah, who was. Yeah. Who was uh, who was who wasn't he exactly <laughs> six foot five? Was he? He was he was uh, down the, the lower end of six foot, um, maybe maybe five eleven, even something yeah. like that. Um, so th- there are exceptions to that, but as as time goes on, twenty twenty two, I think they, generally now you're looking at sort of really six two, six, six three, three, yeah, six four, uh-huh. even in certain cases bigger. So yeah, a kind of. Uh, a goalkeeper who's who's six foot even as as, as an outlier um, at, at this point. Uh, that's not to say that they they they're, they're not equipped uh, to do the job. You, you you will get guys who are you know fantastically agile and can make up for maybe what they lack a little bit in terms of physique with with agility. Um, and per, perhaps he falls under that category. I think if you certainly from reading about him and. and how he's played in Australia and such like, I think the shot stopping was picked out as one of his, his strengths. Um, now, the, the other thing that can affect that, I mean, you mentioned him appearing to be fond of, of, of parrying the ball back into a danger zone. and like, I, I'm sure he probably hates it, but even if he does find himself doing it a lot, a lot of that can come down to confidence as well, though. Um, I think if you get yourself into a, a position, I think actually goalkeeping more than most positions is one where you, you're, you're probably going to be a bit streaky depending on confidence or, or at least at risk of taking dips when you're when you're not backing yourself if you like and I think perhaps when you get into that position of, of, of not quite trusting yourself that's when you maybe start sort of flapping at things and, and, and trying to knock them away because you don't trust yourself to hold them perhaps um, and that, there's been a, a couple of occasions where, where, where he gets handling has let him down um, and we've seen United have paid a price for that. So I could understand 
if he after after a few bad goals, he was getting to a point where he just he doesn't really trust his handling anymore, and he's 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 trying to ensure the ball gets to safety by by sort of swiping at it. But the upshot of that is, uh, as we've seen, it's it's getting him into more trouble. Um, so it is a kind of a, a a key point very early on in his Dundee United career here, um, because what what you're what you're looking for somehow is that confidence level to come back up. Um, and I mean, the only way to do that is is by making saves, by coming out and taking balls, by claiming them, um, by by being in control of your area. And to be fair to him, I think uh, from speaking to United fans in particular who were away at Kilmarnock on the opening day of the season, a lot of them were were quite impressed by him after that day, um, and th- thought that this is the guy. He's he's great. He commands his area. He stops shots. Now we've seen uh, obviously his confidence is taking a hit and he's not doing that anymore. But I, I, I clearly there is a goalie in there who can do that. So I would imagine a lot of the work that's been taking place in training over the last little while has been focused on building that confidence back up because there obviously is a goalkeeper in there. I think he just needs to believe in himself a little bit more. I think I mean Jim, we could we could dedicate the whole podcast to Dundee United's goalkeeping situation. You could you know there's the theme of was. Seagrass covering up a multitude of sins in that team with his with his excellence. What on earth is the situation with the well Carl Johan Eriksson, um, Birgitte as well, and the possibility of do United even try to get sign a third goalkeeper in? You know what seems like next to no time. I mean, there, there are, it's, it's, it's a very sort of fluid situation, isn't it? And there's so many uh, and, teams. And who can... might be available? Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, Zander, well, we, 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 we do know, we do yeah. know that Xander Clark is available. We do know that Dundee United wanted him. We do know, I mean, I think, I think we can all say that Carl Johan Eriksson isn't going to, it can't be the answer because he's been here for he's been at, he's mm-hmm. been at Tannadice for ages and he's yeah. still not played a competitive minute. You know, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I'm kind of you know I, I'm uh, I, I'm always swear to kind of knock goalies for for lack of height. I mean, my uh, you know my oldest lad he went right through Denzel was like five foot eight was the tallest he was ever in their nineteens. I mean, I, I remember guys like Jorge Campos, the, the five foot six Mexican goalkeeper who was a tremendous keeper. You know, he was an acrobatic, he had a, a terrific leap and all the rest. That very very athletic. Um, so. I, I, I don't think it's that with Berrigetti. I don't think that there's a there's a problem over his physique or whatnot. I think you know Sean touches on it a bit. You know the kind of not flapping, but I mean not not, not quite kind of dealing. The, the great worry is if, if quite quickly he becomes pegged by opposition as a keeper who doesn't deal with the, the high ball in the box, the oh, inswinger, corners, corners. Just, they're going yeah. to bomb. They're going to bombard them with. You know, um, you know. I mean, if you're talking about you know when when Xander was at Saints, well, you know, a high ball in the box was was thank you very much. That's all my birthdays come at once because you know his physique, his height, and all the rest of it, the reach. It's not just the height; it's the reach that you've got and and a leap. You know, you're you. You know, by the time your hand is taking the ball at, 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 at zenith, at top height, it's about, you know, they're about 10 foot in the air. Um, so there are undoubtedly certain ad- advantages. But I mean, I, I think Birigiti, I mean, you would certainly want to cut him a, um, a, a bit of slack at this early stage. But it's that fine line. The fine line is, has his confidence been damaged? Um, has he taken a bump that he can very swiftly recover from? If they win at the weekend and they win quite well and he's a good game, and he's a few good saves. Um, if he's been doing well in training <clears throat> all week, 
then uh, the confidence starts to kind of bounce back a wee bit. Um, although doing it in training and doing it on the on the football pitch are two entirely different things. You know, people react differently. I mean, I said last week, you know, I wondered last week, is it a bit of nerves? Has it been a bit of nerves? Has it been a combination of things? Um, I, I, I would have thought that, you know, that it would be a very, very worrying thing if United suddenly went for another goalkeeper um, this early on. I mean, I'm not sure, A, that, 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 that Jack Ross's wage budget um, was stretched. I don't know if he's got anything left in the kitty. Um, but, you know, if, 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 you know, if you took the kind of nuclear scenario and it transpired that, that Birigiti just wasn't going to be up to it, if he went out against St Mirren at the weekend and lost five, um, th- th- then you've got, you know, th- th- then the issue you've got, and, you know, kind of, we're, we're playing psychic Sally here, then the issue you've got is that um, there's massive pressure builds because, you know, there, there's no there is no trader profession, like professional football for for you know, players' abilities being dissected, you know, on podcasts like this and columns and, you know, newspaper articles, radio, television, all the rest of it. I mean, you've got to be incredibly mentally resilient as a footballer in the modern world because, you know, people are kind of talking about you all the time. Um, but that's the game they're in. And, and you know, and if, if, if it transpires that... Um, you know, there are serious concerns. If it was to transpire, there are serious concerns. It bluntly, wouldn't it be kind of guys like us sitting around microphones doing a podcast that would be concerned? It would be the 5,800 season book holders who have bought tickets in, in, in record numbers uh, and those who pay at the gate who, who would be letting, letting the kind of coaching staff, you know, Jack Ross and, and, and uh, Tony Asgar and the United board, knowing their feelings in the strongest possible terms, you know. But, I mean, that, that you know, that that's... That's looking in the future, and and um, you know, hopefully none of that comes to pass. But it's been it's been a rough start for the lad, um, and you know, I, I'm a great kind of optimist in life. So hopefully, you know, as as, uh, as they sang, things can only get better. Yeah, it's a clean sheet against St. Martin. Well, I mean, you, they've got there's a couple of weeks left, isn't there in the in the transfer the transfer window? So they've got you know, at, at least you would say. I'll, things would have to get significantly yeah, worse. The I thing think. is, Eric. I mean, if, if, if you right. actually were, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in there because Sean will no doubt have a point to make here. But I mean, the, the the problem is at the minute who, who's available. I mean, there is literally, um, not literally, but you know, in terms of top quality goalkeeping that, that might be available. Have if you suddenly decided this isn't going to work, you know, for for whatever reason, who would you go for? You've only got Xander to go for. Um, and of, even if you went for Xander, is he match ready? You know, because no, absolutely. he's not had a preseason. You know, he's not he's not been playing. He's not been played any any games. So yeah, that's. I mean, listen, I'm, I am absolutely a fan of Xander Clark, and if if you and I, I dare say, Jack Ross is as well. And if he if he could have got Xander Clark, I'm sure Xander Clark was top of his list. And but you know they've got an, they've got themselves another goalkeeper and. You know, can what would what would Mark Ogren think if all of a sudden he gets the phone call saying uh, we need another goalkeeper? You think you think okay, you know we've lashed out all this money on two international ones. You want to go and get another one? That's a that's a that's a whole different topic as well. Sean, I mean, we'll move this. We'll, we will move this forward in the parts. We'll go to the defence. Did did Segrist cover up a multitude of sins in in that team? I don't know about that. No, I don't. I don't think I would go that far. I mean, obviously, he was um, at, at his very best at United. He was. He was. Uh, I, I'm going to use the word shortstopper again because that's. Uh, I, I, my goalkeeping vocabulary is somewhat limited. <laughs> but there you go. That's what. That, that's what he was. He was a shortstopper, and he was very good at it. But um, beyond that, 
you know, I don't think he was the complete goalkeeper or anything. He didn't actually have as good a um, he wasn't as good at last well. season as he was the season previously, yeah. was he? You know? No, absolutely. So I mean no, no, I don't I don't I don't believe so. Um I think uh in fact, uh last season, I think for for I mean one of the strengths of Dundee United last season was was in their defensive approach to the game, uh, and I say that rather than defence specifically, because obviously everything that you do on the on the part really feeds into that. So I think their their, their outfield approach to defending was was one of their strong points. Were they a more defensive minded team last season compared to the early weeks of the Jack Ross? Would you would you say? Uh, I, it's difficult for me to say that because I haven't seen them okay. yet. Jim, <laughs> but, uh, well, Jim, you can take that one. Are they a more? Def- uh, sorry, well, they are more defensive minded. Like Tam Courts was, he was he was a cautious manager, wasn't he? And he's and he's way he set his team up. Well, I mean, he's, he's you know got it at Tynecastle. You had um, BH won the penalty. I mean, he he's a he's a, a fullback. He's got a tapping attacking capability. But I think what what happened at the weekend was this. You know, struggled badly with it. The the, the 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 miss of Dylan Levitt. I mean, he's a, he's a massive miss um, in a club like United. You know, I mean, at, at, at any level um, of Scottish football outside of Celtic and Rangers, the squad will only be so deep, and the quality in that squad will only be so deep. Um, I still think, for you know, for, for despite the miserable start United have had this season, I still think there's a a very very decent and capable squad in there. But I still think it's very difficult to miss someone like Dylan Levitt, who can simply carve open um, defences with passes, who sees a pass, doesn't squander the ball, can take goals uh, uh, himself. And if you look, you know, um, the, the, you know, he's a guy who's got a team around, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they, they they've got kind of what who I think might have to start playing in a wee bit more of a central position. Oh, we're, getting, uh, uh, we're moving on to him next. We're moving could, on to him next, yeah, Jim. Don't hold your, hold your beast. Hold my fire. Uh, Kujo, <laughs> who I think looks a very exciting uh, player indeed. Middleton, who uh, you know who has um, very decent attack capabilities. So, I mean, I don't think, um, that's before you get to the bench, I don't think for a moment that... Um, it was an overly defensive um, lineup. I mean, I, I, I think the, the the problem that United faced against Hearts uh, and 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 also faced against uh, um, uh, uh, and their names just gone to my mind. Alkmaar, there, you know, and, and because it was trying, I was trying to think ahead the Saints that Saints faced at Rangers as well as the. the you know, b- both sides, b- both these teams will concentrate on United for the moment. They both struggled uh, against teams that have got terrific movement, um, switch the ball well, uh, are quick thinkers. Uh, and you, you kind of, I think you get caught between kind of ball watching and man watching in a situation like that. And when you're up against teams who move it quickly and are really slick and quick and, and how they kind of, you know, they, they uh, uh, I hate the, the modern phrase that's creeping into the game, transition the ball. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you transition the ball as quickly as you do when people play wee triangles and they give and they go very quickly, um, it can leave you mesmerised. It certainly happened against uh, Alkmaar. That's why I'm not pinning everything on on the goalkeeper uh, or anything. But um, and, and, and I think that that was what happened, uh, you know, to, to a great extent on on Sunday. Hearts were just slick. They found room behind. They found room through the middle. Um, and United uh, just uh, they, they just looked off the pace. Um, so much mentally, just physically, uh, not physically, but mentally, kind of looked off the pace. But I don't think, um, on the by the look of that squad, I don't think for a minute that it's a squad that could be um, assessed as, as defensive. There's there's plenty of attacking options. No, no, there, no, I no. I, I would, I, yes, I would absolutely think that the team that Tam Courts had or the squad Tam Courts had was was more cautious than the one that 
that Jack Ross has. I mean, all the eye-catching signings have been the attacking midfielders and forward ones, really. But is it, I suppose the next question is, Sean, is it a balanced squad? Because I know a lot of United fans are saying, I mean, they're they're crying out for a, a Callum Butcher type, you know, that can anchor that midfield. You know, most of his signings have been forward thinking players whether there's anything left in the budget to to get a, a holding midfielder I don't know but it does appear to be uh, their team does appear to be lacking an obvious one doesn't it I think that I mean the, the two that I'm hearing sort of pals who are United fans talking about wanting to get in is as you say someone in that that um, sort of defensive centre midfield position and then they're actually talking about a right back as well the United fans that I know um, those are the two. Smith. Liam Smith's no, form's exactly. not, not been great, is it? No, so that's those are the two areas that the, the fans that I know are, are, are talking about. In terms of the Butcher one, central defensive midfield, yeah, I get that. Um, I think that there uh, there is probably a little bit too much of a fixation when people talk about that, about we need a big laddie in midfield. I think there's there's too much focus on the on the size of this uh, imaginary midfielder uh, who needs to come in and uh, smash, smash people, people yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the park. Uh, I, I don't think that's as big a factor as as as, as other people seem to. I, I think I mean it's been in the right position, it, isn't it? And just yeah. of course it is. Yeah, I mean you can you can you can see from well, actually, Ali McCann, for instance, right? So he 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 was a player who. Uh, amongst other things, because he did a bit of everything, but that was part of his job. Um, was was patrolling sort of that area of the park. Certainly under Callum, it was. Yeah, certainly under Callum. Yeah, winning possession and then and then distributing the ball after that. But I mean, Ali McCann's not a boy who's who's six foot three, sliding into challenges, wrecking people. He's he's not a wrecking ball type player. He's far more controlled than that. And I, and I think that's really that's that that's more important than 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 size. I think. Probably, if you're targeting size above everything else, you're, you're probably going to have to accept that the the size the size is maybe making up for for a lack of ability in other areas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's Sybil's the one who's kind of come in and who Jack Ross seems to 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 want to play in that area of the park. And I I kind of defer to to people who've seen more of Sybil than I have. I think Alan Alan our colleague Alan Temple is one of those who's who's watched a lot of them over the years at both Falkirk and then at Livingston. And he uh, he's a big fan of Sybil and thinks he's he's ideally suited to to play that role. Uh, I think United fans all Alan's fault to, if he turns out to be, be convinced. <laughs> yet to be convinced by that, but I mean, you, I think you do have to give him time. And I think perhaps a little a little bit of what's left United fans sort of questioning it a little bit is the fact that perhaps when they picture somebody playing in that position, they're picturing a big bruiser type. Um, who's who's going around doing damage as Callum Butcher did, and Sybil is very much not that sort of player. He's a little bit more more nuanced than that, a wee bit more careful. So uh, it'll, it'll maybe take a bit of time for them to be won over. I I also think that, that, that there's a bit of kind of you know to be honest with you, there's a bit of caveman thinking um, in that old Scottish approach. Not kind of big hard man who patrols the midfield. The truth of the matter is, it's been hard to get away with that um, without accumulating bookings and red cards and you know sitting on the bench. Uh, 
or sitting games out for a long, long period of time in Scottish football. You know, the, the notion that, you know, you bring in somebody and he's, he's thrashing about in the, the middle and he's going through people and putting them up in the air and all the rest of it. That, that, that kind of thinking. And, and you're right, Sean. I mean, I've got United mates that have talked about it as well. We need a, we need a midfield destroyer. What is it? You know, if you mean to destroy the opposition by, you know, battering at them like a ram, you know, a, a battering ram and going through people, that, that's gone. That's ancient history, that sort of football. I mean, if you mean a destroyer by somebody who can take balls off toes or anticipate, you know, um, have a great football brain, right place, right time. Then you know, um, not squander the possession when he wins a ball. That's a, that's that, that's the type of midfield destroyer I would want to see. And Mike frankly, that's got that's got yeah. nothing to do with physique. Yeah, yeah, nothing to do with physique whatsoever. You know, it's all to do with kind of um, footballing intelligence, basically. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with either of that. But a good holding, you know, a good holding midfielder, full stop, is is what is put well. Let's see if Sybil turns out to be. But at the minute, you know, that appears to be the area where United really could do with some... I mean, let's not say Butcher, you know, because I I saw Butcher's limit, limitations. Fuchs is probably even is a, probably a better example, isn't he? You know, so there we go. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Jack Ross sees it, sees it the same way. The last topic then, because there's loads, we're kind of doing a bit of a scattergun on United just now, is I'll, I'll go to Jim's second on this one. Tony Watt then. It's uh well uh, my maths ain't great, but I think it's I think it's one goal which from memory wasn't was was a bit of a tapping. In eight in eight months. You know, Stevie May players like that have got better record than, than Tony Watt, you know, and we will you know, Stevie May gets his stick you could pick you could pick any other striker probably, you know, that gets stick at any club in, in Scotland. Are United fans starting to turn on Tony Watt or in general are people looking at Tony Watt in a different way now and thinking come on we we need more from this man yeah I think so um and I, and I think I mean under Jack Ross so since this season's underway it's only just started but I think this is that's basically what's 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 kicked it off um I think last season the Tony Watt that United fans saw um playing for Tam Courts was was often sort of uh, coming in from wide uh, in support, uh, and that because of he because of the role he was asked to play, uh, I think that took him out of the sort of danger areas. I feel like a lot of the time uh, he was in more of a creative supporting role, um, and I think despite the lack of goals last season, I think United fans watching him enjoyed watching him because I think they saw a. A different side to Tony Watts' game. They saw a sort of selflessness and a, and a creativity and a willingness to work and all of this sort of admirable stuff that that, that supporters love uh, from a player. Um, this season, obviously, there's been a, a, a tweak. Uh, he's now, in theory, you know, he, he, he should be more in and around it because, in effect, you've got Stephen Fletcher playing in support of him almost. Uh, yet. Uh, we're, we're not seeing that translated into uh, uh, chances or, or or goals or anything like that. So I do think, and and, and on top of that, I think there's a, a perception. Um, I mean, certainly against Alkmaar away, nobody had a great game, but I think there was there was a, a perception that Tony Tony kind of fell out of the game completely uh, over there. Um, and I think there there have 
been some questions uh, from United fans, certainly the ones that I know. These 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 uh, these ones that I know. That I keep. Uh, <laughs> I'm going right, to have they? to name them. I'll yeah. have to name them just at to, some point. Just yeah. to blame them, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, but yeah, there, there there are some questions starting to be asked about about Tony Watt this season. Um, now, I don't I don't necessarily think that goals are hugely important. Obviously, I don't necessarily think it's all about goals for Tony Watt. I think he could. He, he could maintain his position as as somebody Dundee United supporters like uh, by continuing to do what he was doing last season in terms of attitude because he's been asked to play a different way. So I'm not saying that, but if he if he applies himself in a similar way, I think you know fans fans ultimately like that. And it's funny that you, you mentioned Stevie May because he's a guy who, you know, God bless him. There are, as he's getting older, and you know the impact of injuries and what have you. There are there are some limitations to his game that weren't there before now. But what he always does is he he, he tries. He never he never gives you anything less than a hundred percent, and and fans appreciate that. So whatever criticism St Johnson fans might have of Stevie May, the effort that he puts in. You know, he gets a that, that that's a huge thing. So and he's, he's never, come up he's with two or three. Target. He's come up yeah. with two or three really big goals Aye. over the last. Yeah, game, he has. Even though it's you know it's far from the days when he was that prolific striker that everybody mem- remembers from back in the day in his first spell. But you know, yeah, Jim, are you uh, sorry, Sean? Are you you finishing? No, up I was just going to say, Tony. What that I mean? That's that uh, goals are huge. But I mean, if uh, what what United fans want to see if they can't have the goals as somebody who, who who runs himself into the ground for the club. And that's the that's that's the minimum that Tony Watt should be doing. Uh, so if he's not doing that, then whatever criticism criticism's inevitable and, and and he'll deserve it. Yeah, you you still a fan, Jim? Personally I would yeah, no, I would have I, I would have Nicky Clark in the team now. Uh-huh. I would I've, um I, I I'm a fan of, of a lot of things that he does, Eric. I mean I think Sean hits a lot of points right in the head there um, I, I actually I mean, I'm usually uh, very impressed with Tony Watts uh, output in the game in terms of work you know in terms of the physical work that he gobbles up uh, usually up and down that left hand side where he's working where he's fetching where he's carrying and trying to supply I think he puts a, a, a great deal of work into the game I think he's a very skilled player I think he's got lovely touches on the ball um, he doesn't squander much. I th- I, 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 the, the problem is he came from Motherwell having had a kind of a goal, a, a bit of a goal fest, and I think United fans <coughs> expected the same. Um, he was a top Scottish scorer I, in the league, yeah, wasn't he? That, that's right. I, I don't. I don't. I've never kind of really seen him as a an out and out kind of um, target man, stroke striker, if you want, whatever that means in, in kind of in, in, in the game nowadays. You know, um, <coughs> whereas with Fletcher, you tended to see him more that way. So whether whether United find a way of Combining, you know, maybe drifting him in a wee bit more to, to play closer with Fletcher when when Fletcher's kind of fully up and running. Uh, whether the, whether there's, there could be a role, could there be a role for Clark as well? The three, and you see, I'm a Clark fan as well. I mean, Clark um, quite often got a kind of a, a severe amount of stick from Dundee United fans and all the rest of it. You know, I mean, he, he's um, Nicky Clark is a as is, is a strong, good for the spot. We know that but he's a strong runner. He links well. He take the ball at the feet. He does all the things that kind of you know that a striker would want. The, the, the problem for United, and I think the reason that Dundee United got Stephen Fletcher at the age is that you're just not going to get absolutely top quality strikers at clubs like United. That, that's the bottom line. I mean, Celtic and Rangers, uh, uh, you know, will we'll struggle to get them. So, you know, clubs like United just, you know, have to um, either go down the road of getting Fletcher, who they hope has maybe a Fletcher year or two is. left. I mean, Fletcher game, is, you know. and he's on huge, he's on huge wages compared to something that a St. Johnson or a Motherwell or a St. Martin or that could, have, could afford. You know, he's, he's on wages just 
you know, just below the, you know, the sort of wages Hearts and Aberdeen would pay if if what we get told is is true. I think he's still a still a a stellar signing, isn't he? Still, a, I, I, I think so. And, and and it's finding it's finding kind of someone that can. Um, uh, you know that can you know that can feed him if you want. I mean, what to me isn't an out and out striker, but I think there there's a whole lot more to his game than that. And and I you know I would have my doubts. I mean, I don't know. You know, Jack Ross is is paid to make these tough decisions, but I, you know I, I doubt very much if Jack is is intended to play as an out and out striker. That's the reason that Fletcher's in there. He's he's that type of he's that traditional type of kind of. Um, target man, striker, call it what you will, um, that, that Watt isn't. But I think Watt still has a very, very valuable role to play. I think sometimes, um, to use that phrase, body language doesn't help him. There are a couple of times, you know, recently you see the head going down and all the rest of it. But I think the head goes down because you're putting in a huge amount of effort and getting no reward for it, you know. So, I mean, I, I like Watt. Um, I, I think if you play in the right way, there's, there's an awful lot to be to be. Uh, gotten out of it, and, and I think as well. I mean, it's like everything else. I, mean, I thought you know the performance of United in, in against Almar was embarrassing. There's no doubt about that. It was almost like an embarrassment. The shirt, given the great European record that United have had, it, it, you know, over the years. Um, but that's football, and that happened. We, we can remember Aberdeen getting caned nine nil from Celtic. You know, um, the, these embarrassing results happen in, in, in football every now and again. Um, I, I think the great secret here is not to panic. And then they've gone to Tynecastle and they've lost to what, what I think by some way, again, will be the third best side in Scottish football. You know, So um, it's not that anyone should be happy about shipping 11 goals in, in two games. It's extremely worrying. Um, but I think you've got to watch. You don't panic. That's, that's the key to management, not to panic. It's the key to football playing as well, not to panic. Um, just to kind of double down, uh, you know, double your resolve to come back and do better the next week. Now, I mean... Uh, on the Watt thing, I think there, there's there's a lot more to commend Tony Watt than there is um, against him. What I wouldn't like to see is United fans getting on his back and putting him off his game. I think he probably needs support at the moment more than uh, more than abuse. I'm not suggesting he is getting that because I think by and large, short of scoring goals, I think most United fans of, of my acquaintance um, think that he brings a great deal to the team. Tim, we'll need to get your pals and my pals to have a square go. <laughs> I'll name them first. <laughs> Sean, it's, it's the nature of football, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, talking talk to a few of the boys that blew a lot of money going to Altmar last week, you know, um, you, you, well, you, you couldn't have had them on the podcast because the air would have been completely blue. They had a great, they had a great <laughs> time there, but I mean, you know, obviously yeah. having watched the team ship seven goals and basically you've been an abject humiliation on the night. Um, you can understand why the air was blue. But but the problem with football is 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 it goes from game to game. We've talked. I mean, I think I've, I've written about this weeks and weeks back uh, in the paper. I mean, a guy like Billy Kirkwood. I mean, I stood with guys in the terracing long before I was involved in broadcasting who literally, and I do mean literally, booed Kirkwood as he stepped out the tunnel. They just, you know, and I think there are some players that attract that kind of opprobrium from fans. I'm not saying Tony Watt for a moment does, you know. I think the danger uh, comes when, you know, a head of steam that starts to kind of, uh, you know, it becomes talk of the steamy, he's not doing enough, he's not working, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And before you know where you are, there's a case being built against him and people got on the case. That's where I think that you need kind of t- a terrific mental strength as a footballer. You need it as a manager as well. Because it's difficult for a manager to pick players if they're starting to get kind of um, shouted and balled it and screamed it and all the rest of it. And it kind of, it works like a layer cake, you know. 
one of my favourite films. It looks like kind of layer cake, you know, it goes all the way up once it starts once it starts hitting the board of directors, you know. Um that, that's when that's when there's trouble up mill. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, come on now, you're taking us somewhere. We don't need to go today. That's thank you very much. Yeah. Listen, Jim Jim touched on the a nine nil for uh, for Aberdeen back in the day. I, I think I've got a feeling somebody is gonna take double figures against Rangers or Celtic to this season. Just I I can't remember the start of a season where Rangers and Celtic have both been well-oiled machines this early, you know, just in terms of their summer recruitment carrying on from the season that's just finished, just everything about it. They're, they're both on the top on the top of their game. Uh, so St. Johnson come away for a 4-0. They've, they've, ironically, they came away with a better result last year and... and and sorry, yeah, after having played worse, you know, I think, I think, I think Callum Davidson quite rightly saw what he saw and was able to, to sort of, you know, say we, we move on as, you know, the, the Celtic one was far, far more damaging because that, that could have been a dumb, that could have been a double figures last season, you know, and so this, this was a totally different type of contest, but we're talking about the makeups of squad at the moment, Sean, I would say St. Johnson's squad with one notable exception, obviously, the final piece that is is well balanced. I think the recruitment overall, I can see the strategy behind it, but it still hangs on getting that last player who is going to elevate the team. Because I think I think I gold. think I think Phillips, you know, I it wasn't just me, you know, you speak to the other pressmen at the game and we all came to the conclusion. You, you get a gut instinct, you say that boy's a player, and that was exactly what I thought of of Daniel Phillips and just as well for Saints, they got him before United were on the hunt for a whole midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did the hard work giving him the trial and somebody else swoops in. We've seen that before, haven't we? So we've got, we've got high hopes for him. But w- one more, Sean, one more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One more. We need a, The striker is, is, is absolutely key uh, to it now. Um, that has been... I mean, there, there have been other problems, but obviously, I mean, a sort of a theme, if you like, uh, has been the, the the relative difficulty in, in putting ball in the net on a on a regular basis um, for for a few years. Um, albeit it hasn't always been a a, a kind of devastating problem. Um, they they've been able to manage games uh, in other areas that, that, that in in a way that's ensured that it hasn't been a huge problem. But last season it was, um, and. Yeah, as you say, there's there's been work done this summer to strengthen in, in, in a few areas to rebalance, if you like. But they they are still missing that guy who you look at and think there's some goals in this player here. What type? Uh, I mean, we asked to ask Callum this, and he kind of he kind of danced around it a wee bit, as managers would do, you know, basically saying he wants the lot, you know, a boy that holds it up, scores twenty goals, blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, don't okay. know, but I mean, what to, if you could, if you could, you know, with a realistic hat on about know, knowing the budget that you know the sort of the waters that St Johnson swim in transfer wise, the budget they have, what would you prioritise over over everything? You know, what type of striker should and could they get realistically get? Uh, well, I, I'd quite like to see some pace in that area of the park. That would be uh, number one. On the list, number two would be someone who can finish. Um, so, if somebody yeah, said Guy uh, Melmed. So, if you said Guy Melmed, 
that type of would you take a guy Melamed back? You know, who, um, who wasn't the strongest with link up play, but was the fox no. in the box? No, we're not going down that route. Uh, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be averse to it. I think, I, I mean, I liked Guy Melamed and uh, his, his spell at St Johnston. I thought he he brought something to the team. I thought technically he was a he was a very accomplished player. Um, I think he was he maybe wasn't the quickest in the no, world. No, he wasn't. Um, so that would he doesn't tick that box. Um, but I do think that's what's that's the most obvious characteristic that that isn't there at the moment as 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 pace because if you look at uh, what's there already, I mean, Bear gives you um, he gives you power, uh, he gives you size, um, someone that somebody that defenders in theory shouldn't like playing against um, for 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 physical size related reasons. I know. What does Chris Kane give you when he comes back? He's hold up play. Um, he's clever, uh, but is he going to be the one that's hovering about in the box? Nope. Stevie May, likewise, he grafts. Uh, he'll 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 run defenders. Uh, he'll put them under pressure when they're in possession. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll be. He has scored obviously uh, uh, Motherwell this season, but he's not the player that's going to be lurking um, in the danger zone. So I think somebody who's positionally kind of interested in, 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 in being in the right place and somebody who's quick are the two characteristics that, that I would be looking for, prizing above all others. You know what? See, for both of you, here's the thing I wonder about. What's a realistic target for, for a Saints front man in the season? I mean, you know, what should the goals haul be for a front man in the season? Should be 10, 12? 10 would be, 10 would yeah. be really yeah. good. 10 would be really 10 good. 10 would be oh, fantastic. Yeah. I think you'd take that. I mean, if you look, you look at, uh, when we go back to um, Stephen uh, McLean, he kind of averaged out, if you look at his seasons, he's probably about 10. There were some seasons where he hit 7 or 8 and there was some where he hit 12, whatever. But he kind of averaged, he was in that ballpark every season anyway. And he was, you know, often, uh, you know, Stevie May was there for that w- one particular season where he was And he wasn't on penalties, was he? No. 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 So something something like, I mean, the Stevie May, the 27, that was an absolute freak, an outlier of a season for a St. Johnson striker. That, that, that will happen very, very rarely. And I don't think anybody has expectations of that. Um, because as soon as it does happen, that player, you're guaranteed, will be off the following summer anyway. But yeah, I think if you could get someone in who who can kind of who can who can pick you ten, uh, in that side, that would make such a big difference. Oh, I mean, it really, Steve, really Steve McLean is the one. Obviously, he's he's yeah, because Steve Stevie May's season was just like like you said, it was just a, it was just incredible, and and it wasn't typical in terms of the style of a St Johnston striker. The the two striker, if you could if you could say you get, a, a, I was going to say a young. Stephen McLean, even a 30-plus Stephen McLean, even, you know, an effective Stephen McLean type. And the other one I always go back to, and he was there for, he was there, he passed through so quickly. But if you could, even a a France and Daza. He's a finisher. He was just, and he had, he was, he wasn't quick, but he was quick enough. He was certainly quicker mind. He wasn't, you wouldn't say he was brilliant at linking up, but he was good enough. And then he just came around and around, and he was the he was the most selfish so and so because I, I I can remember it. You know, we used to when it was the times when we would do our Saints did their press down at Stirling Uni, and you go down there, 
a time after t- the days when we could ask for who we wanted and umpteen times. You would a you would ask for for Fran because he always gave you a good line and he was but he was the man of the moment. And you know you could just see the other players looking, thinking it's not just all about Fran. I think a couple of them once said it's not all about him, and of course, and he got on players' nerves. You know, I can remember Cup time Mackay absolutely slaughtering him after he he cost Saints against Dundee United. Remember getting sent off, and and you know other players would say and managers at the time would and coaches would say, look, it's actually Killian Sheridan's doing that. He's the one that's doing the work. Give him the plaudits type thing. But Fran Santaza. He was just he elevated that team, didn't he? And that that if that would be if you could get somebody of that, if you could unearth somebody of that quality, Saints, I would be, I would be, I would, I would be. It would turn Saints to me in a team automatically that you wouldn't think of as being involved in the relegation battle and would have a shot at top six. That it would, be, it would make that much of a difference. I think. I think. I think he would. You know, but there you are, Callum. You know your mission now. So, Fran, Fran, <laughs> where's Fran? He follows me. He's he's only about he must be about forty now, Fran. I can still season do a job left him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you get thinking, Jim, and you can uh, you can text Callum with your answer. Don't don't mention it in the podcast in case in case United change their mind and want another one. <laughs> but don't, listen, moving on then, because we're we're running out of time. I think D- Dundee, Sean, I, I loved. Uh, Sometimes you get a wee phrase, you know, and that you, you hear or read. And Rab, Rab Douglas came out a good one speaking about. Uh, he was covering a few topics there in his column this week, and he, he just mentioned one in terms of Gary Boyer, our both having just come up against Dundee at the weekend there, and he just he used the phrase he he, he gets it. Now it's it feels like you know it feels like well, why wouldn't every manager get it, and why does it matter so much? But that you, you keep, I keep coming back to that now with Gary Boer and Dundee, and I think Dundee fans would as well. And it's it, it does mean a lot, doesn't it? And he does appear to get Dundee, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's very savvy. Um, and I mean, when you say that word, I think it can be it can be misinterpreted to mean cynicism or cynical, and that's not what I mean at all. I mean, I I don't think he's cynical, but I do think he's very savvy. I think he's very clever, um, and I think he understands a key part of being a football manager beyond, you know, setting your team out and, and making sure they're, they're properly trained and they know their tactics and, and all of that stuff. The other side of football management is being a figurehead. Yeah. And some would say playing to gallery. Some would call it playing to yeah. the gallery. Others would just, I'd like, you I'd like me or you would say it's common sense. Why, why wouldn't yeah. you? Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's being a, it's being a figurehead and a, and a PR man and, and, standing up for your club and doing the right things and what you have to exhibit when you're in that position is you know uh, I care about what you care about you being the fans you know you have to you give that impression because you are the one that's that's leading this team and I think Boyer has done that exceptionally well I think he's got a, a, a great obviously he's, he's he's been well grounded in, in what the what the fundamentals of being a Dundee fan are and I think that the the, the the example probably that this is stemming from with 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 Rab would be would obviously be the the, the death of Pat Pat Linney, the the 1962 goalkeeper, and before the um, before the Arbroath game, I think a, a, a wreath was laid. Uh, I think it was Gary Boyer that laid it, wasn't mm-hmm. it? On the, yeah, it was, it was Park, yeah. and um, clearly. That's that's something that that needed to be done at Dundee, and it was fantastic that the manager did it. Uh, that's that's him leading by example. That's him setting a standard and saying that you know. 
this it's not it's not just about the here and now managing a football club it's about the, the everything that's happened here in the past it's he he is the figurehead for all of that as well as all of this so i think it's very very smart and 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 that will that will have done wonders for for him in dundee fans eyes but also also in terms of the players and everything i just i think it's a it's a he's really impressed me he really has yeah jim i mean it's it's it, we, it's amazing it amazes me that not that every manager doesn't approach a new job like uh, like gary boyer has you know i mean he he's he's referenced dundee's greatest ever team he's you know he's He's just, you know, he just speaks about the right things, doesn't he? And 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 he acts in the right way after games, during games. You know, it just it just feels like football management basics, but they they don't all do it, and they certainly haven't all done it at at Tens Park, have they? No, that that's right. I mean, I think he's. I mean, I had a blather room at Tannadice a couple of weeks back. I was in watching the the, the Altmar game, blather room at half time, and he was um, he he's embraced the city. I think that's the first thing. He's embraced the city. He's embraced embraced the club. He, he's loving living here. He gets a game of golf at St Andrews, which he which he loves as well. But I mean, I think that you know the the, the PR things. You know, when you're a manager or a player at a club, fans want to think that the players and the manager of a club love that club and it means as much to to them as it does to them as fans. Uh, and I think the you know you can call it a wee PR touch. You can call it just common decent humanity, laying the wee bouquet. Um, you know, at the Provi Road end, as I still prefer to call it. Um, in honour of the great Pat Lenny. And I mean, you know, and part funnily enough, I just got details of his funeral today because Pat was a wonderful man. You know, I used to the two great things I always enjoyed. Um, you know, when I was covering games for the BBC at Dens, we're having a crack with the late Bobby Cox and and, and Pat Lenny at Dens. Both wonderful characters, and of course they. This is the thing; they were the link back to true greatness. I mean, Dundee've had some fine times over the years. We can remember Coyne and Wright and players like that. But we're talking about true greatness when Dundee were a major force in the land, you know, who could, who could, you know, take on and beat the best in Europe, who could take on and beat Celtic and Rangers, you know, who had uh, fantastic players who played to huge crowds and all the rest of it. And that was the link. And I think instinctively, Gary Boyer, early 50s, is of an age where he understands that kind of thing, he understands that, that, um, that community link, if you want, with, with the club. And Dundee have needed that. Dundee have now played second fiddle, by and large, to United for a long, long time. They've lost probably a couple of generations of supporters. Absolutely fair play to the young team they've got who are injecting a bit of atmosphere into the dairy and all the rest of it. Now, it's quite incredible that Dundee still actually probably potentially have a core support of about, you know, if they were really going well, six or 7,000, given what they've been through. So the, the, the Dundee fans want something to hang on to um, in terms of a manager who represents the club with kind of bit of dignity, bit of humour. Um, hard enough, I don't think. He's no mug, we know that. Um, you know, and, and looks as though he might, in his very early days, but looks as though he might be putting a team of players on the park who have got a bit of energy, a bit of zip, uh, a bit of pride in the jersey about them. And that's not it's not having a go. Anybody's been there in the past and all the rest of it. Dundee, I think, have found themselves, you know, when James McPake went, I think Dundee have found themselves almost at a particular low. You thought, what, what happens now? Where, where is this club going? Uh, and, uh, and it looks to me in, in bringing in Gary Boyer um, that they've kind of pressed all the right buttons. Um, he, he does, as, as Big Rab said, get, he gets the club. Uh, and I think that's important. You know, I mean, wh- whether he only got the club from a PR perspective or not is, is neither here nor there. But I, I, I think, you know, I sense with him that it's, it's the kind of real deal. You 
know, he is enjoying life. He's enjoying being there. The family are coming up, I believe. Um, he's settled in well at Dens. They've moved to the new training kind of base at Gardine Road, my old college, you know, which kind of it all gives the club a kind of a, a proper professional kind of feel. I mean, irrespective of what we think of whether the stadium will go ahead or not, there seems to be moves on on that front as well. So kind of finally, there's a sense that the club are going places. I thought he played some really good stuff. And I, you know what, a, a smashing game um, last week on on the telly. And fair play to our both as well, because they, they played their part in it. But, but Dundee went so for many, it at the end, so that, yeah, that but, means a lot as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, you know I thought there's so many good things um, about Dundee's performance, particularly the way they, they played the ball open. I mean, Cammy Kerr came close to scoring and the lovely kind of um, uh, lay off in the movement for the, for the first goal. I thought there were lots of good things about them, but there was an energy and a tempo and a desire um, about the side, which I thought I guard uh, well. And I kind of sense that, you know, that, 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 that Dundee fans are, are, are going to buy into the Gary Boyer. Um, I hesitate to call it an experiment, but, but ultimately, every time you get a new manager, it's an experiment. You know, whether it's Jose Mourinho or whether it's Gary Boyer, it's always an experiment. And at the moment, it, it's got some very, very positive signs about it, I think. Yeah, Sean, last point on Dundee. I, I don't think that, you know, their fans wouldn't want to see them trying to eke their way to to the title, yes, there'll be. There's a there's a bit of there's pragmatism about the way Boyer sets up his team, but you do get the feeling that you know last 15 minutes of a game, if if it's there to be won, you know, if it's a tight game, they'll they'll will not settle for settle for the draw. They'll go for the win, and that that builds its own momentum, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a fantastic thing uh, to see as a as a supporter um, that that. To know that your team uh, isn't just going to shut up shop and try and defend and a lead, especially a narrow one, because that just, uh, you know, at times it's it's it's, it's nerve wracking stuff. That it really, really is difficult to watch. So, um, it, it's it's great for fans, but it's also, um, you know, if for opposition teams coming to Dens Park, I think if they've got a, a feeling that, you know, this 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 lot will go for us. Uh, it puts them on the back foot too. So um, there, there, there are positives about that whole situation. Uh, there really are, and and I think actually it shows a lot of um, character the way they've come back from that defeat on the first day of the season. Because you know they, everything was going really, really well in the league cup, and they were you know flying basically. And then you you, you come to the first game of the league season, and particularly a season where you're you know you're hoping to mm-hmm. be winning that yeah. league. And you want to start it positively, and you lose in that manner um, to to a rival. Well, a, a team you would expect, you know, could be up there for promotion as well. Uh, so that's a, that was potentially a real downer. But the way they've come back and and, and obviously went away to Wraith and won, and then turned it into something of a demolition job against Starbroth, which let's not many teams have managed that over the last couple of seasons. Um, so that is it's really impressive to me the way. Uh, that they came back from that first day defeat. It, it suggests that there's some there's some real real spirit there, Something in addition to you yeah. know some organisation and all that other stuff as well. So, if I were a Dundee fan, I'd be feeling pretty positive about it. Uh, I think they are. They are. Go and speak to some more of your pals, Sean. Eh? You got any of them? Some Dundee ones. I do. I do. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to them before next week. I tell you what, this would make a much better pod. Just get them loads of them on. Eh? Sean's pals. That's Sean's not a bad pals. idea. Speak. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Pitch that one to the bosses. Right, last record. Well, we can we can record. We'll record it in many. Yeah, it's got it's got legs. Yeah, it's definitely got legs. Right, last last thing before we wrap it up. I just I was kind of thinking 
I don't know, not because of their performance or not because of their general performance. I was just kind of thinking that, oh, is this going to be a struggle for our growth this season? Because just, you know, just the natural sort of deflation after everything that happened last season and getting so close to the playoff final and it just, or getting so close to actually winning the league, let's not, let's not forget. And, you know, not the, not the greatest of stars, an okay start. And then, of course, they get, you know, the late, I mean, it's, they should have. They should have won that game. Actually, you know, Dale Hilson's chance was an absolute sitter. So they they should have won that game at tens. But there you go, and you get a signing, Scott Allen, just to just to make me think. Okay, yeah, they're going to be okay, and that's that's like. I mean, it says, I think it says a lot for Scott Allen that he's taken this on. You know, going from you know it's not that long ago he was at Celtic. You know, and 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 a darling of the Hibs fans. You know, there's a few Hibs fans would have would have still wanted him about the place. So to to go to Arbroath, that's a there's your marquee signing of the summer for you there, Jim. We love that phrase. There's, there's loads of great things going on at Arbroath. And you know what? I mean, funny, I found myself thinking this the other week, Eric. I, I, I think they can truly establish themselves now as, uh, look, it's always going to be a tall order for, for Arbroath um, to get into the, the you know, the premiership and, and I mean, establishing themselves here would be extremely difficult. But I, I think this could be the season where they absolutely establish themselves, you know, after what they've done in the last well, couple see of them years. See them getting playoffs again? Themselves. Uh, I, 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 I don't know is the answer. I think, you know, it's, it's like United taking a couple of hammers, Dundee starting off really brightly, Saints looking kind of, you know, other than the Rangers result as though they made a fine, uh, or a, a very decent start okay this season. Start, yeah. it's, it's early. It's, it's, it's too early, you know. I mean, they're both three points, um, sorry, three played with, with two points. Points. Uh, well, you know, Dundee are top of the league and they've only got four points more than he played. I mean, it's going to be that kind of league. It's a very, very, a very tough league. There'll be a lot of intriguing things between now and the end of the season. I just think lots of good things. There's a quality of player um, now at Arbroath that they haven't had in years. Uh, the, the stadium's been done up. They've got record. I think there was at 1,350 season books away. You know, they're pulling an average crowds of anywhere between 1,800 and 2,000, depends, depending on who comes. You know, I, I just think that, that there's... Um, this is not just a buzz. I think about the club. I think the club has been recreated. I think they're kind of they're tapping into a medium-sized giant. You know, uh, they're not a, a sleeping point, giant, but I think they're tapping into a sizable community, a sizable town, and a, a decent kind of size community around about it. And 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 they're building on um, maybe stuff that you know that that they. They could have done before, but 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 haven't. I think they've kind of suddenly realised that there's there, there's something to be tapped into there, and there's an energy and a drive about the place. I think which is great. So I mean, I I, I would be astonished if at the oh, I'd be astonished at the end of the season of if, if our and Wraith Rovers were sitting in in tenth and ninth position. You know, I mean, I think the you know it's very early days. It's all it's, it's scarcely worth kind of mentioning uh, at this stage after three games gone. So I think there's plenty going on. And if 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 he's anything like the Scott Allen that, that we remember. Then yes, it is a marquee signing. Yeah, finally, Sean. I mean, Jim touches on a on a good point there. They almost our brother. They have changed the nature of their club, haven't they? I mean, they they are unrecognisable from the club of even say like five years ago. I mean, before Dick Campbell came, it's you know, perhaps with a wee bit of. Uh, Ignorance, not not being from Angus, and not you know you feel you've got a bit of a grip on the, the Angus scene. But I always used to think they were kind of, it was very fluid, you know. For a few years, Brechin would be the top dogs, you know. For far, it was really it's really been Montrose over the last twenty years, you know. If if at all, they'll probably I'm sure got Montrose fans screaming at the podcast just now, but. 
are both have taken them. They've absolutely elevated themselves, haven't they? They they are the sort of you know they're they're a different they're they're like they're they're cut above most part time teams now, aren't they? They they in a lot of ways they're now operating as a as a full time team without the the full time players, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I don't think it's an exaggeration to say they're the they're the they're the with their best part time team in the country. I mean, that's that's certainly true. Uh, best run part time team in the country. I think there's certainly an argument for that as well. Um, most and professionally most run, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, fair play to them. It is. It has been transformative. Um, I suppose uh, if you, I take myself right back to to my days at university. Uh, so I mean, we're we're going back sort of, dearie me, sixteen, seventeen years ago. Um, and I remember going to, to watch. I used to go and watch our both a fair bit on a on a free Saturday when when St Johnson weren't at home or whatever. Because I, I, I loved with a guy who was in our both. You've got a lot of pals. You've got a lot of pals, um, Sean, haven't you? Ah, oh, mate, I, I, yeah, it's constant. My my social <laughs> life, just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I used to go on a regular basis and watch them. At that time, they were down sort of the, the third division at the time, um, and I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I always kind of felt that because maybe probably because of the size of our growth more than anything else, you know, there was a wee bit more potential because if you, you talk about Brechin sort of punching above their weight for a long time and they did, they were up in the first division and what have you, but our, our growth's a, a, a much bigger place in Brechin is and, and you know, their potential for crowds was always there. I always thought there was there was something there, but it just didn't look like it was on the cards. Um I suppose now, I mean, the congratulations have got to go to, to, to the chairman and everybody involved at the club now for the transformation because I think they are absolutely, I wouldn't say they're punching up, but are they punching above the weight? I suppose they are historically, yeah, but I, I think they've actually, what's what's happened is the, the, this chairman and the, the, the group of people who are running that club have looked at it and thought there is potential here, we can do better, and they've been proven right. So you've got to salute them for, for the ambition. Um, because they've gone out there and completely transformed the club. They've made this happen, and obviously aided by by Dick Campbell and the, and the players on the park. I mean, they've completely transformed the club. So I, I think it's a, a remarkable achievement. And um, you know, the next stage is can can they come up to the Premiership? That would be absolutely unreal were they to do that. But I mean, at this point, however challenging the Championship is, having watched them for the last few seasons, you couldn't write them off really. And I think that's rem- that's a remarkable thing. Yeah, it is indeed. Isn't well. Before next week, we'll give you a list of uh, clubs we need. You need to find pals for Sean, so you can okay. give us, you can give us a, <laughs> some opinions on them if that's okay. No problem. But yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. For this week, that is us done. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and thank you once more for listening. Back next week. Bye bye, just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.